We shall turn now to Isaiah chapter 58, and our text for this evening is verses 13 and 14. Isaiah 58 at verse verse 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honourable, and shalt honour him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Our country, sadly, is becoming more and more secular. And in nothing is that so clearly seen as in the desecration of the Sabbath day. Christianity came to this country almost 2,000 years ago. And the Lord's day was always special. It was different. It was God's day. Not a day for work, not a day for pleasure, a day for God. And that was emphasized particularly at the time of the Reformation. And ever since then, but even in my own lifetime, I've seen a a huge decline in the observance of the Lord's day, of the Christian Sabbath. In the past, the shops weren't open. In the past, there was no football on the Sabbath day. In the past, workmen had the day off on the Sabbath. Even transport, planes and ferries and so forth, trains were very much reduced. But nowadays, Sunday is a day for work and for pleasure. It's sad to see how you you get a workman to do work for you and you say to him that you don't want him to work on Sunday and he looks at you as if you're crazy. You get a phone call on Sunday from somebody to do with business and you say, this is the Lord's day, I don't do any business on Sunday. And they regard you as if you're off your head. A neighbor invites you to a barbecue in the garden on Sunday and you say, no, no, no. Sunday is for for worshiping God, for loving God and serving him and reading his word. And they think, how strange, how odd. See how we have turned our back on God. The Sabbath is a covenantal sign. It's a mark of Christianity. It's one of the things that distinguishes us, surely, as the people of God, that we, we love the Lord and we love his day. But, but it's also, it's not just for us as Christians. The Sabbath is part of God's moral law. 
and being part of God's moral law. It's binding on the whole of society, on British society, but on every other society in the world. And one day we're going to be judged. And what, by what standard will we be judged on the judgment day? The standard of God's law. And in God's law, one of the commandments says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In it thou shalt not do any work. Keep it holy. It's not for work. And here we have the same message put to us. It would seem that in Israel, before the exile, they were negligent in keeping the Sabbath. Turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Call the Sabbath a delight. Some people think the Sabbath is boring. Call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord and honourable. And shalt honour him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, but finding God's pleasure, speaking his word, worshipping him, glorifying him. And if you keep the Sabbath, if you delight in the Sabbath, if you call the Sabbath a wonderful day, the best day of the week, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Well, first of all, tonight, I want us to notice how it's our duty to keep the Sabbath day. Something many people forget is that the Sabbath day is a creation ordinance. So if you want to find out about the Sabbath, first of all, you've got to go to the very beginning. We're told in chapter 1 of Genesis how God created the world in six days. And then in chapter 2 we're told, and God rested the seventh day, Wherefore, he blessed the Sabbath day and he hallowed it. So you notice God's law being laid down at the beginning. What is the moral law? The moral law is a reflection of the character of God. And here's God setting down for us a pattern. He was the one who kept the Sabbath day first. He worked six days creating the world, and then he rested on the seventh day, not because God was tired, but in order to set a pattern for you and me and for succeeding generations. God set apart that day by keeping it as a rest day himself. He gave us the pattern. Be holy as I am holy, he says. Be perfect as I am perfect. Keep the Sabbath day as I kept the Sabbath day. That's where the Sabbath day starts. It starts with God. And it starts with God at creation. And you notice that God blessed the Sabbath day. How do you bless a day? You can only bless a day by making it into a blessed day for men and women. 
That's how he blessed it. He made it a special day for mankind that he was creating, that he had created, because he created man on the sixth day, and now he blessed the Sabbath day that it might be a blessing to man. And this is before the fall. This is when Adam and Eve were perfect. They still needed a Sabbath. Why? Because we need a day to focus particularly on the soul and spiritual matters. Yes, we have six days for work, six days for other things, for earthly things, but one day for God. And that was the case even when there was no sin in the world. God blessed the Sabbath day. He made it a blessing. Most people who are converted are converted on the Sabbath. Christians grow most on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is the day when God loves to visit his people. Remember how John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And God gave to him that wonderful revelation that we have recorded for us in the last book of the Bible. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was keeping the Lord's day and the Holy Spirit came down upon him and he was taken up to heaven and he saw wonderful things. God blessed the Sabbath day as a day that would be a blessing to our souls, a day which was necessary for our growth and grace, essential for our spiritual health. The Puritans called it the market day for the soul. Some of you go shopping perhaps once a week. Well, the market day for the soul is on the Sabbath. That's the day when you especially go and you buy in your spiritual provisions to keep you going for the rest of the week. Value the Sabbath day. It's a precious day. God blessed it so that it would be a blessing to you and a blessing to me. And the second thing we're told was Genesis 2 verse 2 that God sanctified it. How does God sanctify the Sabbath? To sanctify is to set apart for God. To set apart from an earthly use for a heavenly use. Gold was sanctified when it was taken or vessels when they were taken from ordinary everyday life and they were set apart for use in the temple. They were for God's use. And so one day in seven has been sanctified by God to be set apart specially for him, to be a foretaste of heaven, to be a day spent in spiritual activities. And it was there in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve fell. So it's not affected by the fall. It's not something that came in necessarily as a result of the fall. Neither was it affected in any way by the atonement of Christ. It's not like the ceremonial law which was there for a time. Christ's death didn't make the Sabbath less necessary or more necessary. The Sabbath was there before man sinned and it was necessary for man 
before he sinned. And it's necessary certainly for man after he sins. All the days of our life in this world, we need the Christian Sabbath. So that's the first reason for keeping the Sabbath in. God kept the first Sabbath and set it apart. The second reason is that it's part of the moral law. Now the moral law was in the mind of man, written upon the heart of man from the beginning. And we find wicks, for example, in the book of Genesis. You remember how Jacob had to work a wick, as it were, seven, uh, had to to work seven years, a seven-year period, and then a week of um, celebration at the marriage of uh, Leah, and then he had to spend another week for Rachel, to marry Rachel. So there were weeks there then. And when the children of Israel left Egypt and they were coming through the wilderness, again there was a distinguishing marking out of weeks of the Sabbath day. You remember how the manna came down on six days, but there was no manna on the Sabbath day. That was before they reached Sinai. The Sabbath is part of God's moral law. It's interesting how we have wicks, isn't it? There's no astronomical reason for wicks. Why is a wick so general throughout the world? A week is marked by the Sabbath. We have a year. That's the time that the earth takes to rotate round the sun. We have a month. That's the time that the moon takes to rotate round the earth. But what's a week? A day, the time that the earth takes to rotate on its axis. But what's a week? A week is something that God appointed. I was looking in Wikipedia and I noticed that it said there that wicks came from Babylon, from ba the Babylonian culture. What nonsense. Long before the Babylonian culture, God gave wicks at the very beginning. And the Babylonian culture got wicks because God gave it to us. A week is a period of time marked out by a Sabbath day, seven days. And it's God-given. It's part of the moral law. And when Israel came to Sinai, you remember that God spoke. And the one who speaks, of course, is Jesus Christ. He is the word of God. And he spoke from the top of Sinai. And he shouted out his law in the presence of all Israel. The two and a half million Israelites who were down at the bottom of the mount, they all heard it. Loud and clear. I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. I saved you. I delivered you. And therefore I demand that you keep my commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember it. It started in the beginning. I made it in the beginning. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. A day for God set apart. There in the moral law proclaimed by God from the top of Mount Sinai. 
and then written in tablets of stone by the finger of God so that it would be there in their hands so that they'd never forget it. It would remain there written in stone for them. The moral law of God. Permanent. We believe in keeping the other nine commandments, don't we? You're not to steal, you're not to murder, you're not to commit adultery, you're not to covet, you're not to tell lies, you're not to blaspheme, you're not to worship idols. So why not keep the Sabbath day? How is it that Christians today have abandoned the Sabbath day? How is it that modern Christians in so many places no longer care about God's holy day? How sadly they have backslidden from the Lord. They think it's okay to go to church once a day. Go on Sunday morning and do what you like for the rest of the day. Where does it say that in the Bible? Remember the day. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days for your labor. Six days for doing your pleasure. The seventh day is mine. Do you remember how the Westminster standards, the standards of the Presbyterian Church, how they laid down how the Sabbath day is to be kept in the public and private exercises of worship? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's there in the moral law. It's permanent. The ceremonial law, the sacrifices, the tabernacle, the temple, the priesthood, all these things were connected with the worship of Israel that came in at Mount Sinai and passed away with Jesus Christ. But the Sabbath, remember it because it's been there from the beginning. Remember it because it's the moral law of God. I was grieved to hear certain minister that I expected better from saying, oh, the Sabbath, that's just Sabbatarianism. That's old Judaism. That's going back to Judaism. No, no, no. The Sabbath, God gave it to us. And he gave it to us for all time until he comes again and ushers in the eternal Sabbath. But then people will say, did Jesus not fall out with the the Jews over the Sabbath? Did Jesus not tell us that it's no longer necessary to keep the Sabbath? He certainly did not. He corrected the traditions of the Jews. You see, the Jews added to God's word. And they said all sorts of things that that it was that you couldn't do. They had so many commandments of things that you couldn't do on the Sabbath. And to this present day, a strict Jew will not turn on a light because he says that's like putting a, building a fire on the Sabbath. They have all these kind of traditions that they have, that they have added to the word of God. And they criticize Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day. But Jesus said, it's right to heal. It's right to do good on the Sabbath day. When the disciples were hungry going through the cornfields and they took up some uh, ears of corn and rubbed them in their hands and ate them. 
The Jews criticized the disciples, said they were breaking the Sabbath day because they were harvesting on the Sabbath. What a lot of nonsense. That's not harvesting. That's just getting something to eat. So Jesus taught us that there are works of necessity and mercy which are appropriate on the Sabbath. It's right for doctors and nurses to look after people on the Sabbath. It's right to cook food on the Sabbath and to provide for our families on the Sabbath in that sense. There are things that are necessary and essential. The Sabbath is made for man. It's not made in order to be a burden. The Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. But it's made to be a blessing. It's made to be a delight. It's made to be a day when you turn away from the work of other days and turn away from the pleasures of other days and turn to the Lord with all your heart and keep it as a holy day. Enjoying God on his holy day and enjoying God without any distractions. So Jesus corrected the extremes of the Pharisees. But he said quite plainly, I came, he says, not to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill. Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments and teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. If you love me, you keep my commandments. And the Ten Commandments were his commandments, spoken in the ears of all Israel from the top of Mount Sinai. What are two other little points that show how permanent the Sabbath is? Jesus spoke of the destruction of Jerusalem. And he said, when the Romans come, when they surround the city, flee, flee from Jerusalem. Flee when you have the time. But pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath day. Matthew 24, verse 20. Pray that it be not on the Sabbath. Because the Sabbath was due to be kept. It's a blessed day. Pray that your Sabbaths would not be lost in that way. I remember being very touched reading the story of Robert Murray McChain and Andrew Boner and others from Scotland who went on a, 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 an exploratory mission to, 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 to find where Jews were living in Europe, went through France and uh, Italy and on to Egypt and then on to the Middle East. And they were traveling up from Egypt to Jerusalem. And the Sabbath day came. And their Arab guides wanted to keep moving on their journey. And Robert Murray McChain sat down firmly under a tree and said, nobody's going to take my Sabbath from me. The Sabbath is my blessing from the Lord. I love the Sabbath day. I'm one of the Lord's people and I'm not moving from here. They tried hard to persuade him to move, but he wasn't going to move. The Sabbath was the Lord's day and he was going to keep it. 
how these men loved the Sabbath and how we should love the Sabbath too. What a blessed day it is when properly used. And Jesus says, the Sabbath will remain. We find also in Hebrews 4 verse 9, there remaineth therefore a rest unto the people of God. And the word rest there is sabbatismos. There remaineth therefore a Sabbath to the people of God. Yes, the Sabbath is there and it's for God's people in this world, even as it looks forward to the eternal Sabbath of heaven. Now it's true that the day of the, that was observed was changed by the early church. That's true. To begin with, God created the world in six days, rested the seventh day. And God rested and asked his people to rest and to contemplate his creative work, the wonderful work that he had done. But then the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and he did something far more glorious than creation, redemption, much more costly. He took our sins and died for our sins on the cross. And he rose again on the first day of the week. And so the first day of the week became the Christian Sabbath, the day for celebrating the finished work of Christ, the glorious redemption which he had accomplished at Calvary. The first day of the week, the Lord's Day. And we see how Christ appeared to his disciples on the Lord's Day, that first Lord's Day. And then a week later, he appeared to the disciples again, another Lord's Day. And you remember how he came in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Again, the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. You remember how the early church met together to worship on the Lord's Day. We see that when in Acts chapter 20, how Paul waited for seven days in Troas until the Lord's Day came round so that he could meet with the, with the believers there and preach to them. They met on the Lord's Day and then he left early the next day on his journey to Jerusalem. And John, of course, was in Patmos and the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The believers in Corinth were asked to gather their collection on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, because that's the day when they would come together. The day that they would come together to worship. One day in seven, to be kept holy, the Lord's Day now, the first day of the week, specially to be kept. And it's binding not just on the church, but it's binding on all society. But then, how is the Lord's Day to be observed? Notice what is said here. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, turn away from trampling on my Sabbaths, from crushing my Sabbaths, from despising my Sabbaths. The Sabbath is precious. It's a very special day. It ought to be a special day for us. 
Turn away from, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. It's not for enjoying yourself and worldly pleasures. It's for doing God's pleasure and enjoying God specially on that day. Some people think, well, if they don't go to work and they spend the day half in bed and maybe lays around that day that that's okay, but that's not okay. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Not just a day of rest, but a day to be kept holy. How do you keep it holy? By spending it worshipping God in public and in private. Not doing thy pleasure on my holy day. It's not a day for entertainment. It's not a day for going to football matches or watching football matches either. It's not a day for, for watching films or reading novels or whatever. It's a day for reading the Bible. A day for praying, for reading good books, for coming together to worship in church, for fellowship with the Lord's people, for meditating on the things of God. A day to be spent in the public and private exercises of worship serving God not doing thy pleasure on my holy day call it a delight some people say maybe children growing up in a Christian home they say it's so boring Sunday's so boring I'm longing till Monday comes because they're restricted from doing things well because of their fallen human nature they'll say that because they're unregenerate, they find it boring. But they need to be converted. We are to call the Sabbath a delight. Do you delight in the Sabbath? It's the best day in the week. There's no day like it. Do we love it? Love to lay aside the cares and pleasures. And to focus upon God. And focus upon heaven. Focus upon the Bible and on church and things of God. That's what we're to do. To enjoy God. Not enjoying worldly pleasures, but enjoying God. Delight. Call the Sabbath a delight. The holy of the Lord. That is dedicating it to him. To studying his word and good books. And shalt honour him. Call it honourable. Honouring the Lord's day and honouring God on that day. Not doing thine own ways, or finding thine own pleasure, or speaking thine own words. We're to speak God's word on his day. Things about God. When we meet together, it's not speaking about the past week, or the coming week, or all kinds of silly things that belong to this world. But we should be speaking about God and the things of God on the Sabbath. We should be speaking and doing and thinking even about God and holy things. Thought, word and deed devoted to God and to holiness. So what about you? Do you keep the Sabbath? Do you keep it in your deeds? Do you keep it in your words? Do you keep it in your thoughts? 
It's very hard to keep the Sabbath. Actually, I only know of one person who ever kept the Sabbath perfectly. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We all sin. And we all need to ask for forgiveness and for pardon. But take it seriously. It's no use saying, forgive my sins and then wallowing in sin the next Sabbath day again. We are to try and keep it holy. Repent of what we do wrong. Seek God's grace to keep it holy. By grace we are saved. Trusting in the blood of Christ to wash away our sins. And seeking God's grace to keep this day and to receive blessing for our souls. To feed upon God, upon Christ and the gospel. To use it as the market day, the shopping day for the soul. And then finally, the promise. God's commandments come to us with promises. How wonderful God is to make these promises. Verse 14, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. Do you know what it is to delight in God? The joy of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yes, there's a certain pleasure and delight in worldly things. But it's so superficial, so trivial, and it doesn't last. Somebody I was hearing the other day said, well, you can't have a good night and a good morning. You have your good night and then you have your hangover in the morning. But it's not like that with God. Delight thyself in the Lord. Enjoy God. What is man's chief end? The purpose of our creation is to glorify and enjoy God. Enjoy him. Delight thyself. You will have joy in the Lord. You'll have pleasure from the Lord. You'll have heaven on earth. If you keep the Sabbath day properly, you will be richly blessed in your soul. And your soul will be fruitful. Your soul will be growing and flourishing. Look after your Sabbath days and you will look after your soul. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. The opposite of depression and despair. Riding upon the mountain tops. Wonderful to have great Sabbath days. And it brings mountain top experiences. You shall ride upon the high places of the earth. That's a real promise. And I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. Israel were blessed in the promised land. God gave that inheritance to Jacob 
unto Israel. And if we keep God's commandments, walk in his ways, God will bless us. Bless us with the blessings of this world as well as the next world. The other day I was hearing about a young man who had been converted up in sky. He was a fisherman. And he had a fishing boat. And he used to go out seven days a week with his mates fishing. And then when he was converted, he was convicted that he had to keep the Sabbath. So he told his fellow fishermen, can't go out fishing on Sunday again. They were very upset and very angry with him. They weren't very pleased. Because they all got a share in whatever they had um, caught in the boat. However, it was his boat, so he didn't go out on Sabbath. But then he went out the next week. And amazingly, they found a new, very productive place where their fishing catches were better than ever. And very soon, these men that he was working with were happy not to go out on the Sabbath because they found that going out six days, they were making far more than they were making before going out on the seventh days. Why? Because God was giving to them the heritage of Jacob. When we give God his place, God blesses us. God prospered that young man. And God prospers us too as we serve him. Some students feel that they've got to study seven days a week when their exams come up. It's far better to rest on the Sabbath day. And often you find that those who rest on the Sabbath day from their studies do far better in their exams at the end of term. So it is, the Lord blesses those that honour and acknowledge him. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. Feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. When God makes promises, he keeps them. Keep the Sabbath. Delight in the Sabbath, not as a duty, not as a bondage, but as a blessing. Rejoice in the Sabbath day and enjoy God on the Sabbath. And your soul will flourish and your body will flourish also. That's the promise. The mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Do you believe in God? Keep his holy day and look forward to spending eternity in the eternal Sabbath. Let's pray. O Lord our God, we thank thee that thou hast given to us the privilege of one day in seven when we can legitimately lay aside our work our cares, our pleasures, our worldly activities, and devote the day to thee. And thou art worthy, thou art worthy of one day in seven. We thank thee, Lord, that thou hast given us six days for our work, plenty of time for our other activities. And we happily give to thee this one day in seven. 
Help us, Lord, to keep it, to keep it holy, resting from our labors and our pleasures, but resting in God and loving Thee and serving Thee and worshiping Thee and adoring Thee and meditating on the things of God and rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory in the promises of God and the gospel of God. Help us, Lord, to enjoy Thee more and more, to know what it is, to rejoice in the Lord always, because we walk in Thy ways and keep Thy commandments. Strengthen us, Lord, to do what we cannot do without Thy help, and forgive us all wherein we come short. For Jesus' sake, Amen. Thank you.